0: Lieutenant Little Schmidt, get in here,
1: sir. Yes, Captain Hill. Sir,
0: I've got orders for you and your men.
2: I want you to approach the town from the south and kill at least eight enemy tanks. Sir, yes, sir. We have it, sir. Oh, wait, I'm not done yet. Kill at least enemy eight
0: enemy tanks, or four tanks and capture two stone buildings. Sir, yes, sir. Oh, wait, I'm not done yet. Or capture four buildings of any kind north of the river, as long as you keep the road clear to the south and no enemy units are within 600 yards of the command post. Uh, Sir, yes, sir. Uh, Almost done. Or capture three enemy units, first line, and a leader.
1: Do you understand all that?
2: Uh, could, Could you repeat the orders sir?
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again
2: to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. The one and only podcast dedicated almost 100% to the greatest game in the world.
0: And that would be Advanced Squad Leader, otherwise known as MMP's Advanced Squad Leader. ASL. Yeah. And I am Jeff. And I'm Dave. And we are your hosts once again. And this is episode 99.
2: No. No, what? not yet. Not yet. We're getting there. Seventy five. Yeah, we're getting there. Today is august seventh, and we have an auction ending tomorrow, Jeff. Ooh, I'm so excited.
0: Seventy five, I mean that's pretty that's is that our golden our diamond anniversary or something? It's something.
2: something, like something. So yeah. feel
0: free to send us diamonds, everybody. Sorry I didn't get you anything for the occasion, Dave. <laughs> I actually didn't know I didn't realize that till just now. Well we got some fun stuff coming up tonight, so maybe something good'll come up. We do. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We have had some very exciting uh, past couple of weeks, a lot going on in the broadcast foxhole. With the Hangouts. we started doing our Google Hangouts. We had a great one last time. Uh, we had uh, Dave Kleinschmidt as a guest and Jeff Hallett.
2: <laughs> yes. That was about it. But our next one will have more, <laughs> Yeah, well, I understand. We've added lots of people to our Google circle. Yeah. And lots of email
0: flying around. and
2: Several people said they're going to join us. Yeah. And we'll have this posted before it airs, right? Yeah, we will. We'll, yeah. I, I can get this one up if you like. Yeah. When is the next Hangout? The next Hangout is,
0: yeah, July 21st will be the next Hangout at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. So, And that works Correct. out. We think that works out pretty well.
2: well maybe it doesn't. we're in the center. Because, because
0: we are the center of the universe and it works out well for us. So the Eastern people are ahead and the
2: Western people are behind? Yeah, so I guess, you
0: know, actually now that I think about it, the California folks, it'll just be 5 o'clock. They'll just be leaving their offices when we go on the air. It may be inconvenient. I don't know. We may shift it in the future. I was thinking maybe we want to, uh, you know, maybe start doing them at 8 o'clock for one and then occasionally do one very late at night or early in the morning so we could, in case there's interest for people in Europe or... Asia.
2: You never know. I mean you're gonna get me up at like three in the morning. No, I'm not to gonna go do that. Never up. mind. That's a dumb <laughs> idea. <laughs> no, we might have to once or twice. Yeah, we might.
0: We might. I you mean, get,
2: if, if there's interest. Yeah. We're supposed to interview Matt's and um, well we've interviewed Lars before. I mean there's quite yeah. a few people over there. Yeah. So some people stay up late. Uh, in order to be
0: when when we've done a couple live shows, people have stayed up late to chat with us a little bit, and our friends over and uh, especially Mark Humphreys is always a very devoted avid listener. He must be retired or something I don't know, but um anyways whenever whatever time it is in Singapore when we're doing our little live things, he's always on there chatting away with us
2: and we have people lined up to join us for the Google circle do they yeah. they need to let us know they need to be approved by you, Jeff? Well, what you have to do is uh, first you have to
0: get a, a Google Plus account. So you can just go to plus.google.com and sign in. That also becomes your Gmail account, actually. Uh, and it's free. And you can just create an identity. You don't need to use it for anything other than being on Google Plus. Once you're in Google Plus, uh, look for the two half-squads. You do a search for the two half-squads and then ask to be added to our circle We will accept and add you to our circle and that way when we actually do the Google hangout, we invite anybody who's in our circle to join us. There are ways to do a hangout so that anybody could join, and I actually tested this the other day. I just I started a hangout, I made it public, anybody could and a a couple of kids jumped on right away with their dog and they kept holding their dog up to the camera and saying saying, Speak. Speak
2: and like this little Pekingese dog. <laughs> My son is interested in joining us. In the, oh, really? I said, I said no. We're going to have oh. many adult people. Okay, but well, that and that gets us to okay. So, but do we want? But, but we're not going to just let ten people on next the twenty first, are we? No, probably. What'll happen is uh,
0: we'll have a guest, a, you know, a. a um, special guest or a featured guest or two. So there might be three or four solid spots. That would leave several spots open and we'll let people on a couple at a time and they can join and chat and we're okay. gonna see how it goes. Or I mean, if we're there's st- only three then they the can concept. come on the whole time and yeah. stay on the whole time. Yeah. I um, mean obviously if people can't all talk at once, but I don't I, I don't see it working like that. Yeah.
2: Right personally. Okay. So. It could, uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned of the chaos factor, but um, it'll work out and we'll yeah. figure it out from there. We'll that. figure it out. We're learning it and as we go. F- it'll be fun oh, no it's matter gonna what be, happens. It's going to be fascinating. And oh, I'm expecting no, people from
0: MMP coming on. You know, Perry's going to be clamoring to get on there. He's gonna yeah. all dressed up in a suit and everything. <laughs> It'd be great. Has he
2: joined our circle yet? No. Perry, get on it. Yeah, get on it. Alrighty. All right, so let's get
0: on with our show, show number 75. We've got lots of action and thrills and adventure. You liar. As soon as we consider <laughs> what it is, as soon as we think of it.
2: Well, what should we, we do first? need to do, clean out a lot. of We've got to do a little cleaning out, I think. I feel like cleaning out. That's what people want to do. They want to <laughs> listen to the two half squats while so we we're can doing our, our little garbage. maintenance. Well, <laughs> one is that the auction is ending oh, yeah. tomorrow. Okay. And... So by the time you hear this it, the auction will be over. Yeah. And that was for on all fronts 28 29 and the ortirod special edition that we showed on our hangout. Mhm. The um also at the hangout we announced that we would be putting up for auction I forgot the issue numbers was it 6123 or something like that? Something like that. We yeah, had a I couple in recall. the 60s there more right. about ASL than SL. And that I don't I don't know if we put a date on that but I don't know. <laughs> so
0: why don't we say I don't know. August. I do know. I'll tell you what I've noticed is the show is taking is slowly expanding, taking more time. We got a lot of stuff to kind of keep track of. These auctions going on, yeah. we've got contests going on. We've got right. all this email flying around. We've got listeners. I mean excuse me, uh interview people, people to interview lined up. Lined up who've oh, been waiting. Gosh. Some of them have been waiting a year or two to yeah. be on the show. It's worse than m m p we learned everything we know about timeliness <laughs> from m m p
2: and so, yeah, so that's what I mean about cleaning up, so making yeah. sure now the auctions will be ending very soon, in fact, this is probably the last one here, yeah, so let's say by August eighteenth okay uh these sixty nines or sixty twos whatever they were will be uh finished, and that'll end that we may put up a quote of Bushido, Jeff and I have to talk about that later. And depending on how many counters have to be sorted yeah. or what, how much work it's going to be to get it put together or not, but then we'll be done. That will be done auctions, with the auctions done for a while. For a while, a yeah. While.
0: Dave then, needs a break. Dave needs I a, need a from organizing all that. It's a lot of work.
2: Um, then okay, so that's the auctions. I'm going to buy you a sandwich. Well, thanks. Yeah. And so then the contests. Right, the contests, the calling contests. Yes. Yeah. We had some winners.
0: Yes, we did. And we're waiting to hear from one. The person that we we did a a random selection with our dice, uh, the person that came in first place, that won first place on that, we haven't heard from. That's, uh, what's his name again?
2: That's my problem. I don't don't, yeah, we, we don't it may, re- it may we don't have been re- Jack or Jim. Jack, I think that was Jack. We'll all double check by listening yeah. back to that episode, folks. <laughs> and then let but we us We haven't heard from him.
0: He, we, needs to, he needs to write us and say, "Hey, that was me. I want my big expensive prizes."
2: Right. Yeah. And if you don't, your prizes um, that were offered will no longer be necessarily available. Yeah, because we're going to start giving them away to other things. By, let's say the 18th again. Right. But you could you could contact us like three months from now. Yeah. And we'll say, oh, we have this, this, and this left. If you're interested, and we'll be glad to send it to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And Jeff, well, that was our old contest. Um, you know, you played too much ASL. Win. Now, what is right. our current contest? Our current contest is uh, call in
0: and come up with funny victory conditions. Anything you want. Just read them off. That's not the contest? Or was it the contest where call in and come up with a number between (laughs) one and three?
2: You're the one that confused the listeners because somebody (laughs) voicemailed us and they Said, "Oh, here's my funny contest of victory condition." Yeah, <laughs> so I, and I said, "That's not the contest we're doing. Oh, it's not." <laughs> when did you say that in the hangout or something? I always wanted to do that one. Well, okay, that'll be next. That'll be next. Oh. Let's let's slow down. All right. Um, <laughs> or do you want to end this contest? How about the eighteenth? Well, tell me what the contest is, and I'll decide. You know, it's you said it. It's the.
0: Pick a number between a, one and three. Pick a number. This is very, very simple.
2: <laughs> and, and guess... I
0: actually didn't know uh, we were serious about
2: that. You, well, can you guess how many people... Remember, we were begging for people to show us yeah. some love. Yeah. Guess how many people contacted us.
0: Um, let me think. G- give me a range, be- like between one and three.
2: Uh, one in, between one and three? Two. Three. Oh. Well, that's <laughs> not between. So... Shall we play one of them?
0: Yeah, play one.
1: Hello, guys. This is Jack Jaritza from lovely Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, after listening to the last episode uh, while at work and taking some notes, it sounded like I needed to call in. And according to my notes, I had to pick a number uh, one to three. So I will go with the ideal gas law constant of one point nine eight six. Can I use that probably on a weekly basis? Uh, you also want to know, hmm, what units I like to play. Well, you guys got me back into, uh, advanced squad leader. Uh, so really, I've been really playing the Hungarians a lot. Uh, because I've been doing a lot of research and hit on my genealogy, and I've had some uh, relatives that were part of the, uh, Buddha, uh, volunteer regiment. Uh, that way I'm kind of looking, you know, at playing the Fustav, uh, Budapest. So, uh, other than that, I don't like defense. Uh, funny victory conditions. I can honestly say I really haven't played that much. I've I, I seen some crazy victory conditions in other games, but don't have one for advanced squad leader. Other than that, uh, with you guys, hopefully you're coming out to Aslock at the end of September, beginning of October. If you are, I'll try and get a contact with you guys beforehand. And uh, see me, I'm on the east side of Cleveland, and Aslock is really just south of Cleveland. Uh, maybe I can entice you guys with some delicious beer and some good barbecue. Thanks a lot. Keep doing what you're doing, guys, and we'll talk to you later.
2: See, there's some love. There, There's some real love. Thank you very much for that invitation, that, Jack. That sounds great, Jack. And unfortunately, since we are doing Gen Con, we won't be doing Aslock. Is that correct, Jeff? Well, we don't know. Okay. Still. So, but I don't but that know. was a Let great call. It was a great call, Jack. Thank you very much. You are in our contest. And I like
0: the I like the number he picked. That was really that was good. a great very creative
2: number. and a great background on your family. Yeah, the Hungarian. Yeah. Um. So we have another one. Oh, play it, play it, play it.
3: Hi, David Jeff. This is Tim, as in Timothy, not Jim, as in James, from from Virginia. Calling you again uh, just to let you know. Uh, upset that I didn't win because I was going to give my prize to a runner-up. But uh, that said, uh, I think the current contest is: Who is your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite side or favorite country? Uh, I'm going to pick Germany uh, in context of gaming. Uh, while I don't play Advanced Squad Leader and I listen to your podcast, basically. I think you guys do a great job. Um, I do play war games. I'm still particularly uh, fond of Panzer Leader and Panzer Blitz. I know that's some old-school stuff, and some people might say a little too gamey for them, but um, I, I do love their simplicity, and I love uh, I love their old-school uh, flavor. I, I cut my teeth on those games uh, getting into uh, role-playing games like Dungeons and & Dragons and Warhammer Fantasy role but all that side story aside, I think Germany, uh, uh, I, I, I find myself attracted to uh, Germany because of the engineering that went into so many of their of their armor, uh, so much of their armor and so much of their aircraft that really surpassed uh, a lot of the Allies' uh, efforts uh, throughout World War II. And when we look at what Germany did in World War II, we see so many of their design uh, ideas such as low profiles, uh tank low profile uh uh speed, um, speed versus armor, uh those kinds of things. Uh taken uh taken into account in today's uh in today's uh design, uh, modern day design I should say. Uh great podcast. Thanks for uh thanks for the job you do and uh keep it up. Take care. Oh and keep up the box box art review um Mr Klein Schmidt because uh I do love it.
2: <laughs> woohoo! 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 <laughs> and I did not pay him to say that. Oh, that was
0: nice. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. That was a Tim. great call. Great call, and uh, very interesting to hear to hear all that. The fact that you don't play squad leader, you're a Panzer leader, Panzer Blitz guy, that's very interesting.
2: Hey, we should do a podcast on that. We could, yeah,
0: our next podcast. Tim could l- join us. He sounds we have like to learn a, him to play. He's a good talker.
2: Well, we have one more from Dennis. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Hi, uh, this is Xavier from. No, it's mislabeled. <laughs> That's Javier. Someday we're going to interview Javier Vitry. Right. So thank you, Javier, for contacting us. Yes. Uh, this one is from Dennis, and it introduces the concept. Well, this concept of the victory conditions, where did it come from? We talked about yeah. it for several shows. You know, know what, what,
0: well, What I like is that people get confused, as I do they call in anyway, and we don't care. You could call in and play well, like, do last month's contest, last
2: year's contest. Just so, call. We just love hearing from you. So, in effect, we have, so far, we have two entries for the number nationality thing. I thought Dennis sent one about the Russian. Oh, come on. You're not going to be a stickler, are you?
0: Well, I mean, if somebody called in and did a funny song, you would wait for the next funny song contest to put them in? I think we should just put them in the whatever contest we're running.
2: Well, here's Dennis. Oops! Wait, Dennis.
3: Well, hi guys. It's Dennis calling in, checking in. I say, as far as your latest contest, that's a tough one. I have one entry so far. As a suggestion for another contest, you might try doing humorous victory conditions instead. I have a whole. I had a field day with those. I got a whole list of those. But all right, the one humorous victory condition that I did come up with is as follows: victory condition. The defender, the son-in-law, does not lose if by game end. He does not fly into a mother-in-law-induced berserker rage due to heater battle. And as a diner's note, the son-in-law can never win. The best he can hope for is not to lose. Talk to you soon.
2: All right, there's Dennis with the first Thanks. entry in the <laughs> new contest. Apparently Dennis's wife and mother-in-law were
0: not in the room during the recording <laughs> of that entry. And Dennis,
2: we won't tell them you said that. So have a go at that concept everybody. Yeah.
0: And I guess it's, I know what's on the schedule next, but I need to talk to you about it. It's letters. I think yeah, it's letters. And you know, I just wanted to talk to you for a second about it because Sure. I was listening to a technology like podcast today and I know how you don't like to change the show. I'm always wanting to change the show. <laughs> Every time Dave and I go to lunch, I'll say something like you know, Dave, I, I want to change the name of the show, <laughs> not the two half-squads. I want it to be... <laughs> he
2: actually did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Can you believe that? I de- decided I don't like... Or I want to change the logo. Or I want to, I want to change the opening music. Or you know, I want to go do video now, not just audio. Like I want to do stereo. People will will not know what they have Yeah, <laughs> if you change everything. Yeah, you know, you know, as part of me, I think, oh, change is good and all that. So we want to reach a, a wider audience or... Or whatever. And well, the hangouts was they, a great idea. It, sure. it, it occurred to me that younger people, if we're trying to get younger people into games, yeah, you know, they don't really know what letters are. They don't they never get letters, letters in the mail. Letters. They don't know what a typewriter is oh, that's unless correct. you're unless you're uh, in one of those clubs, those anachronism clubs society that, for
2: creative anachronism.
0: Well, no, not that one. But there there are little clubs that that now. People get together with oh, typewriters and they, like, and they type. You do the old technology, yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. a lot of our people don't know what typewriters are. So I thought maybe we should change the music and let's not call it letters. Let's call it now uh, electronic media, electronic communication. That it is. That's it.
1: I think we should say instead
0: of letters, we should say now it's time for electronic <laughs> communication. I've got new new music.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: How do you like it? I'm dancing. You are. Kind of, kind of, it's time for electronic communication. Yes. Electronic communication. <laughs> Sounds a little like D- Devo. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. We'll think about it. But for today, that'll work just fine and dandy. Yeah. Do you think?
0: Yes, and I hope we don't get sued for that. Oh, so we should give credit. That's uh, Alan Parsons' project. The name of the track is Stereotomy.
2: Yeah, and he can't sue go us. Out,
0: Gotten out by that album, Why? I actually know the because you can use portion of a thing. Yeah, I think it's like four seconds. Yeah, there's something yeah. like that. So and we did. We're we good. used four seconds times eight. We're good. So we're gonna <laughs> so so we're going to go without our usual. You're going to let me actually do that. We'll go without today, our usual. Absolutely. music? Absolutely. Yes. Wow. I'm okay with some change. Boy, we're going to hear the uproar. There's going to be such. <laughs> Such a noise from our fans. All right, let's get on with those electronic communications. What's first? All right. I guess first of all, I want to say that this issue, this episode, this portion of our show is brought to us. We have a sponsor today. He doesn't even know he's going to be a sponsor, but this is brought to you by RACO, the storage system, which is perfect for two half-squats. And uh, in particular, we, we... or sent a, a sample of this, which we talked about a couple of shows ago, but we wanted to mention it again because it is so nice. The RACO system is great. We'll put a link to the place on our website, and we want to remind people that there's a special two-half squads deal. So if you're looking for a way to arrange all of your counters for Advanced Squad Leader or any hobby, any game.
2: Yeah, any
0: hobby? Any like hobby. collecting. Yeah, could be anything. Um, there's a two-half squads deal. Until the universe ceases to exist oh. that is until the twenty first of december of twenty twelve. Ah Trojan Games will give all half squad customers twelve percent discount on all racco items. If you just mention the two half squads in the order note, you will get that twelve percent discount. Excellent. With this announcement I hope that every ASL player will be carrying racco at the next tournament. Once you go racco, you'll never go
2: back <laughs> And see, you do get something for listening to yeah. the show. Yeah, that's not, that's not the first vendor to offer up a discount for half squads fans. Right? Yeah. Well, I have a letter from Dustin. He says maybe we should do a Groupon thing. Hey, maybe so. Yeah. Dustin says, "Hey guys, I've been ma- I'm wanting to make a purchase, and I'm asking you what path I should take. Should I either buy Festum Budapest or Crucible of Steel? I just bought Valor the Guards, and I'm." Not sure if I should buy another historical ASL campaign module. I figure you two have played both of these products, and I was wondering if you could do a quick side-by-side comparison of the products. I like all play styles, city and open, so that's not a deciding factor, and I just thought I would ask for some reviews from both of you.
0: Would you like me to answer that? Yes. Okay. (coughs) Here.
2: I don't know. (laughs) Yes. We we don't have... um, do we have Crucible of Steel? No, we don't have... I didn't buy it. Did you no, really? I don't have Crucible of Steel. We, we love Bounty Fire products. I think, though, his question may be Festung is a is a campaign game. Yes. See. Crucible is not, correct? That's right. It is not a campaign game. Crucible of Steel
0: is a collection of 32 scenarios all revolving around the same
2: um, you know, series of actions. or something? Yeah. And... So I'm thinking, you know, you might do better off with a product like Crucible of Steel that offers lots of scenarios that you can play independently rather than getting into another product that has a large investment in research and material geared toward a campaign game. Right. This is my thought. Your thought. And maybe the listeners out there will post a, a comment on the show post for you, Dustin, with their opinions. Yeah, there's never a shortage of opinions. I was like that.
0: Uh, our next electronic communication actually comes through the Game Squad forum. We had posted there when we did our, a video hangout, and this was uh, video hangout number two. Number one actually never appeared. So this was number two, which I, which I titled number one. Uh, It's confusing. But it's the the first one we did. It was the one with, uh, you weren't here, Dave, because you had something else going on. Mm -hmm. It was me, Ben Clark, Matt Shostak. Somebody on Game Squad, uh, Delirium, wrote and said, I appreciate that the first Hangout was a proof-of-concept trial, as it were. But I have to say that I found the first 15 minutes a little shapeless, unstructured, and therefore not terribly engaging. I will be watching the remaining 15 minutes or so tonight. Perhaps the initial 15 minutes was unrepresentative? Given that Mass Shostak was a guest, I certainly would have enjoyed a greater focus on his ASL experiences. With the greatest respect to Ben Clark, I'm not sure what he adds to an ASL-specific format as opposed to a wider wargaming focus. Constructive criticism, I hope. Well, we thank you, Delirium, for taking the time to post that. And uh, we are taking all of your comments under consideration and drinking heavily.
2: <laughs> we think you're delirious. No, I'm just no, kidding. I couldn't no, help no, making no, that no. joke. Yeah, there's some um, that's one of the things with starting this new Hangout process is when we're open. And as I said earlier, I'm a little worried about chaos in the next one. You know, Yeah. We're going to see how it goes. Yeah. And um, we're experimenting, and we definitely want your uh, constructive criticism. Right. Absolutely. However, we did interview Matt Jostak on a previous episode, isn't that correct? We did, yes. So, so the full we didn't want story to... is right there for you, Yeah, actually. So, right, it wouldn't be good to actually repeat all that.
0: That's right. And, you know, he says here, if I can get a little defensive, he says, mm-hmm, uh, right. I appreciate the mm-hmm. fact that the first hangout was proof of concept. Well, I wouldn't say it was proof of concept. I would say it was more a test of technology. We We actually have not solidified the concept yet. I wish we had... We had a way to do that, but until we do several of these and consin- consider all the different variables and different ways to put it together, we don't have a concrete concept yet. We've got an overall concept of what we want it to be.
2: So Yeah, and, and, and again I think it can function well as round table. Yeah. Well as a structured round table with specific questions. Right. General hangout. Yeah. Which is unstructured. Could be not worth your time in the end, and we won't know going into it. But I'm okay with being that flexible. Yeah, um, it, and it could also again. Listeners have said box art review or reviews. Yeah. I'm thinking no because I don't want people jumping in on that. But what's in the box? Why not I'll always do it in a hangout format? Right. So and, and, a, and a show, show and, and tell. tell. I thought right. Jeff was a great idea. Show and tell, and then we can see things that people have. In fact, I'm going to try and get my miniatures show off all my ASL miniature stuff right now through that format.
0: Right. And, uh, and I'd love to see people's basements, your gaming areas, your, your ASL Your ASL up historical
2: campaigns. Yes, all that stuff. So anyway, thank
0: you for that letter,
2: Delirium. And um, C. Dawson has left a comment, which was, Wow, thanks, guys. Love the podcast. Was Still debating whether I wanted to go deaf for it or not. I don't know what that was. Another note: Don't reduce the time to one hour. The longer the better. Yeah. So we're getting feedback both directions on the time thing, and I'm sure we won't be consistent. We'll. <laughs> we I don't know.
0: I don't know. It's like, it's like the song says: you you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. We did think it would be fun to, not fun, but. As a result of getting some suggestions from listeners, we thought, well, maybe we'll shorten the shows to 60 minutes so that people can burn them onto CD. And then some people write and they say, no, don't do that. Make them long and let those other people just, you know, get an MP3 player and join the 21st century. So, I don't don't know. We go back and forth.
2: Yes, and I have um, a comment also posted on the stereo. Do we want to talk about the stereo experiment? He said overall quality is better on the stereo, but other listeners had said, "Yeah, other listeners said
0: they didn't like the quality because the if, when I first posted it, the volume wasn't loud enough, so I adjusted that and reposted it. But then we had somebody else write and say they only listened with out of one ear because they listen at work, uh, and I'm not sure what they're doing, but they can only have a, a headphone earpiece in one ear, so they could only hear half the half of the commentary. So I think what we're going to do is record in stereo because it's very handy for us to edit it that way and then when we post it we'll post it in mono i guess there's really no big reason to put it out in stereo
2: yeah some podcasts do a lot of audio sound effects and yeah. things like uh, i highly recommend the hp podcraft podcast oh yes highly if I, you yeah. like that kind of thing um literary podcast. scary it's scary. scary And they do a great job you hear sounds come in i'm like, like riding my bike and i'm listening and i I actually look over my shoulder. Really? Thinking, yeah, something's coming up behind me. <laughs> I'm like, what is that noise? And I look over to the left suddenly. Um, but for our purposes, yeah, probably not a big deal. Yeah. Yes. Oh,
3: should
2: oh, I? Here's, our,
0: here's, a, here's one. We reply to a Twitter to, on our Twitter account. So yeah. a private message on our Twitter account, so which we should Electronic check and, medium. Electronic medium. Electronic. Me. Uh, this is from Lister Lives or Lister Lives. You guys are awesome. You keep my drive to play ASL going week after week. Keep it up and rally well, especially you, Jeff, because you need it.
2: <laughs> I, had to I had to put that one in the list. <laughs> Jeff,
0: he's right. He's right. I guess. Hey, he I was paying attention when I had. I was having a bad day
2: there. I have been on a massive losing streak. Have you really? Yes. I'm sorry. Listen to me. Have you really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What I meant was, I'm sorry. I think you beat me two lately, right? Uh, did you pull out that last one? No, everything was going wrong. Oh yes, yeah. The last two. You're right. yeah, and then, um, Dave beat me, and I think Mike's gonna beat me Friday when we finish the game, and. It no. just is not looking good lately. I'm sorry. It's like the whole page is getting filled up with loss, 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 win, oh, no. loss, loss, loss. Now I'm going to start feeling mm-hmm. bad for you. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm just doomed to not win many games. And it's funny life. because we got together
0: the other night and you said, let's see, you won last time. Okay, I'm going to beat you this time.
2: <laughs> I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought and I, I thought, okay, well, I, I'm, ready, I'm ready to take a beating. <laughs> you did. And then... That was and, the weirdest thing because right out of the gate, I was rolling, yeah, you know, threes right? and fours and threes and fours and fours and threes, and you were rolling tens and
2: elevens and elevens and tens. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, thank you for letting us read that one, Jeff. And Game Squad Forums, uh, the Battle School, uh, Jeff had tweeted it out. They had done a really nice write up for us on the Battle School Forum. Yeah, in so, yeah, the Sit Rep Forum. We didn't catch it for a couple months there. In the, yeah see the love again the love is rolling in yeah really nice chris so. dory did and he was a very good writer yeah chris he's, you're a very good writer he's got a great
0: website so yes. if you like to if you like to spend some time reading about asl that's a great site to go right to, he's, he's always got lots of stuff on
2: there. he's very thorough and yeah. he just did a really nice write-up for yeah. us so thank you chris yeah. does a body good does a body good
0: And our final letter tonight is from Rick Carter, who writes, Hey, guys, just wanted to write and say thanks for all the good work you put into your podcasts, hangout extras, etc. All that work is very much appreciated. I look forward to each new episode and have pretty much gone through all the old episodes. Wow. Thank you, Rick. Yeah. Uh, I do find that as a newbie... Attacking is a lot harder for me than defending. Perhaps a roundtable on attacking strategies or an extra with focus on discussing attacking tactics would be helpful. I'm especially interested in the mixed-armor infantry type stuff. I feel like I seem to rely a bit too much on bad dice for the defender and would like to try to reduce this luck factor if I can. I hope you can keep up the great
2: work. Rick from Knoxville, Tennessee. Thanks, Rick. And that is a great topic. It is, isn't it, Jeff? Um, defending, I think, for me is a lot easier too. I do feel a lot more relaxed when I'm defending. <laughs> it's like you can skulk and yeah. sneak back up there, and yeah. then you can just shift a little left to right. And wait for him to run across the open ground because he's <laughs> got to do you know. it, you know? Yeah, it's true. So that would make a great topic. And I, I kind of replied, whipping out some quick ideas. You got your vehicle freeze moves you got to do, smoke to cover your street. Smoke, assaults, is, a, right? smoke is a big one. Prep fire. I remember reading a replay in the way back in the annual, and I was amazed that a player put op fire on his big stacks because across the street were concealed dudes, mm-hmm. and then ran the half squads across oh. to make him reveal right. or shoot at the half squads, mm-hmm. right? And then and I op fired during prep, so during the advancing fire. You could let go with full blasts full, at the building. Yeah. That is a nice attacking yeah. tactic. So, that's
0: something I don't do no, very often. as an yeah. opportunity fire. I always forget that.
2: Right, especially when you're sitting there with a wall of concealed defenders across that street. Yeah. You don't want to send the squads out. you got to do this. I thought it was a brilliant move. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. We can learn as much as, as anyone else. If we get the right guess, maybe that would be a good round table yeah, I think or, or hangout topic with yeah. certain...
0: Certain people. And we could demonstrate it, because Hangout is visual. Oh, right. we want to demonstrate it, (laughs) so you run out into the street, and I'll take shots at you. Yep, and I believe that was our... Oh, did you get a letter in the mail? Oh, I I did get a letter. Actually, you know, and coincidentally, I do have a letter.
2: An actual letter letter. An
0: actual letter letter. Listen, on paper, paper came (laughs) delivered by the mailman. Well, who's that from? That strange guy that comes (laughs) to your house once in a while. Well, it's kind of... It's a little scary. It's from the uh, United States Attorney's Office, Northern District of Illinois. Private letter, attention, for Mr. Jeff Hallett. Oh, it
2: does sound scary. Yeah, it's very
0: very official. From Gary S. Shapiro, Acting U.S. Attorney, Illinois District Attorney's Office, United States Department of Just- Justice. Dear Jeff, I write this letter to you as a fan and as a public service. I was very alarmed to hear Piano Man Give the introduction to ASL Extra 15. Oh, he has such a nice voice for that. I wrote to your partner after hearing Piano Man on Episode 70 to Kill a Panzerbird and advised him to avoid all contact. Piano Man might seem very charming and witty, but he's an extremely dangerous criminal with widespread notoriety among law enforcement officials. His creepy voice should be a clue. Don't be fooled by his in-depth knowledge of the ASL rulebook. He had plenty of time to study during his stay in the federal prison system. Oh, my gosh. I write this warning to you since you are obviously the more intelligent and responsible of the two-half squad team. Stop your association <laughs> wait, 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 with wait. this person forthwith.
2: Could you read that sentence before that one again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I write this warning to you since you are obviously the most, the more intelligent and responsible of the two-half squad team. What? That's what the, <laughs> well, it's right here. It's, it's a U.S. attorney. Well, I guess they should know. Myself and staff were also very disappointed by Mr. Kleinschmidt placing Sherman M4 tanks in a 1941 scenario. Well, that was just a mistake. Maybe I Mr. Kleinschmidt that. needs to review the errata for his Chapter H notes for U.S. vehicle number 13. It was included in MMP Journal 8.
2: Okay, I do have that, and that was just a typo, and I corrected it immediately. Uh, uh, a fan had said 1941 for that scenario, which was when what, 44. So I changed it. It's all fixed. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Also, just to
0: keep you in the loop, Mr. Kleinschmidt is also under investigation based on our ongoing investigation of Rod Blagojevich in connection <laughs> with the PASL members' misconduct and a game-fixing. That has occurred in the Chicago ASL Open. We are totally innocent of that. (laughs) Well, yes. Yes. Uh, I don't recall, Senator. Uh, Lastly, we here here at the district attorney office have the same view of Box Art Review as you. Hate it. (laughs) Sincerely yours, Gary S. Shapiro, acting U.S. attorney, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Well, see, that's because they're boring attorneys. (laughs) That's
0: why they hate Box Art Review. Who could hate Fox Art Review? Terrible thing. It's actually growing on me a little bit. Hello.
4: Okay, hello.
2: Hello, PJ Norton.
4: Hi, this is PJ Norton. How are you?
2: You've been good to be interviewed by the two half-squads. It's quite an honor to, for
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite an honor.
4: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: So, PJ, have we ever met...
4: Um, I met you guys at Oktoberfest a couple of years ago when you had your equipment set up. Oh, okay. You know, you were interviewing, uh, Glenn Houseman and Fish and all the guys there. Right. Yeah. That was quite a coup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun, but uh, we didn't interview there at that time. No, no. So, um, so this is nice and nice that, uh, you could join us and interesting in that you contacted us and said, Hey, I'd like to be interviewed unless I, unless I'm mistaken.
4: Well, yeah, I did, you know, I, and I, I had talked to you guys at Oktoberfest, and um and we, you said, well, come on over to the booth and, and, and we'll interview you, because I have talked to you about, you know, my hosting, uh, the gaming event here in Detroit, uh, for the last 15, 16 years, and you guys, ah, right. said, that was interesting, so. But I just, I, w- I was in the middle of a game at one point, and then, and you guys were recording and then when i was done i looked over and you guys were gone so it just never it just never happened so right
0: right well this is great this is great so yeah i'm glad you contacted us and uh so tell us a little about that your involvement with ASL
4: well um i you know i started i i got uh you know squad leader Way back in like 81 and played with a buddy of mine who eventually went off to the Navy and, and, uh, and so I, I stopped playing face to face and I just collected stuff and, um, you know, got when 86 came around and, and, uh, ASL came out, I got that, but I was in college and, um, and it wasn't until the early nineties that I actually started playing face to face again. And then, um, I met, uh, Kurt Martin. And, uh, a bunch of other guys here in the Detroit area at a gaming event and I started playing face to face once again in, in the, uh, I don't know, 94 maybe. Kurt Martin had this event called uh, Winter Olympics every year. Uh-huh. Right. And, uh, um, it was great fun and they had, you know, these, uh, Winter Olympic like events with ASL. They had, you know, uh, uh, what did they call it? Ice hockey. And it was, you know, uh, hero counters trying to throw a demo charge into a cave on the, on the Gavutu maps, you know, the, the ocean overlays.
2: Right. With the, just the, um, it's, and, um, then
4: Kurt, he, um, he discontinued off the, he discontinued the, the, uh, winter Olympics. And I told him, you know, well, I have a place that, that we could host this in my office. I manage a family owned, uh, commercial, um, warehouse and office space. And, um, he came over and looked at it and he said, oh, this is fine. And he went out to his car and brought me this giant box of materials and said, here, have an event. And I recommend you do it three times a year. And, and he even, he even named it. He said, you can have, you can call it Office Fest. And so Office Fest was born. That was about 95, I think. And I started having it three times a year. I got tables and chairs and, um, every, uh, Jan- third weekend in January, May and September, I hosted the this event there and all the guys came from around the area and guys would occasionally come from Chicago and, uh, like, uh, Jim Serafin came from Chicago one time and, uh, guys from Grand Rapids would come, which is, you know, uh, pretty good distance from here. Um, guys from Cleveland, like Faulkner and, and, uh, Rich Genulus and Jim Risher and, uh, who else, uh, um would come over from, from Cleveland and, and so, you know, over the last, you know, 17 years, it's been an amazing time to, to host stuff. So it's been a great thing.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Anybody come from, uh, Canada?
4: Uh, we did have a guy, I forgot his name now. He was a professor over at the University of Windsor. He came over one time and, uh, then I just never heard from him again. I used to have a lot of that. You know, I'd have a lot of guys who would call me on the phone and talk to me for a long period of time, guys from around here, guys from nearby and say, Oh yeah, I'm really excited. And then they would never show up of course, oh. Oh. or guys would come once and, you know, tell me how much fun they had and they're sure to come back the next time. And then I never see them again. But then, you know, we had lots of the regulars, you know, Dave Lamb and Pete Mudge and Jim Taylor and uh um, Wayne Boudreaux and a lot of these guys that would come from, you know, from locally and, and, and so we populated. we'd have up to like 20 guys at a time playing each, each time. Okay. I was asking
2: about Pete Mudge. I've seen his name in a lot of early stuff. Was he like did stuff for critical hit?
4: Yeah, he, uh he, well, Kurt Martin really was sort of the, our, our, you know, contact point for critical hit in the area. And Pete did, used to game a lot with Kurt and, uh and some other guys too who have sort of drifted away. And Pete's, you know, he's kind of been busy, you know, his children have gotten to, you know, early adulthood, and he's done, you know, been doing lots of overtime in his job to pay for college, and so he's sort of, he's still around, but um, he, he hasn't been participating as much as he did when I first got, you know, into the hobby around here.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks.
0: Yeah, I was just curious about the, was it, has it always been called Office Fest? Was it ever just called The Office? Well, I called it, <laughs> no. Because well, I, I remember when I first got into squad leader about six years ago, total neophyte. I, I had never even played games of any kind before, so I, I just had no idea what it was all about. Had didn't know any of the lingo, and I remember posting on some forum, "Oh, it'd be fun, you know, to get together to play." And somebody said something like, "Oh, you should do Office Fest," and that's all they put. Like I'm supposed to know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out what that could possibly be. It took years before I finally figured out what it was.
4: Well, yeah, it's just you know among the people who know about it, it's just become sort of a you know catchword for you know gaming here in southeastern Michigan. So they probably assumed you knew what that meant. So right.
0: Yes. Well, I'm still
4: reeling from that.
0: So so it, it still goes on. So how many times a year do you do it?
4: I still do it three times a year. We up. Uh, I, I don't have the uh, office the warehouse space available anymore uh family business has uh changed but we just found a new home at the uh Michigan oh it's M I M T H S it's it's I, don't, I wish I could remember his name it's a guy named Chris Cosley has a museum a military museum in uh East Point Michigan which is about a 30 minute drive from here and he agreed to host us and, uh, we've been over there about a year now. We're going to have another one here in a month. And it's just a great venue. It's, you know, it's a great move up for us because there's, you know, military, uh, paraphernalia around. There's a Jeep and a trailer and a machine gun and a mortar. And he's got like mockups of Selfridge Air Force Base bunk barracks. And, um, it's really cool.
0: That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how many, how, what's your attendance been like? Usually now over the last couple of years.
4: Well, we'll have anywhere from you know eight guys at a time. When when it was just when it was just ASL only, which what is what it was at Office Fest, um, I'd have anywhere from eight to as many as twenty at a time. It, it varied depending on you know whether there was an event go, comp going on somewhere you know that people were going to travel to instead. And um, but uh, since we've been at the at the museum. We're uh, we're hosting a lot of other games, a lot of Euro games and Warhammer. So we'll have you know we'll have anywhere from about eight or ten ASL players to about eight or ten of these other uh, people playing all the other kinds of games. So it's been it's been quite interesting, and we're generating you know a lot of uh, income for the for the museum on that weekend. We'll we'll draw you know a couple of hundred dollars for the museum on you know on a Friday and a Saturday, which is really nice for the museum.
0: Yeah, excellent. So where do you play there at the museum? If you're, if you're you're playing during museum hours?
4: Right. Yeah, except when we're there late at night. He lets me stay overnight cuz you know, obviously ASL lasts until all the wee hours of the morning. Um but uh we he has he has a conference room where they have meetings for like, you know, uh boy scouts and and uh the he has the Modeling club, the local, you know, military modeling club will come there and have meetings, and um, so we'll we'll have the event in the in the conference room, which is just sort of off to the side. It's a separate room from the actual museum display area. Oh, I see.
2: Now I see an old post on um, Game Squad forums. So, do you usually post uh, the announcements there about it? I do. Do you you have a web page or anything?
4: No, I've never built a web page for it. I probably should. Um, it, this uh, Game Squad forum has been a great place to make contact with people. We had lots of new guys that have got in touch with us through through uh, the Game Squad forum. So I usually just put out a blanket, you know, post, and it says, you know, tell all your friends, and and uh, that usually gets the word around.
0: Do you post uh, where? Where else do you post? Do you post on Board Game Geek or?
4: No, but I ask the guys to do that, cause I don't really, I don't usually, I don't troll the, the game squad forum very often, so I don't really go to any other sites, um, you know, cause I'm primarily a, um face-to-face player, so, right. a lot of these guys who are doing Vazel, they'll be on all the different sites, so I'll just ask the local guys, you know, at our playtest night, you know, yeah, go on any of the sites where you guys are frequent, you know, like, uh, Consim World, I'll tell Fred Schwartz to, Go on, Constant World or Dave Lamb.
2: And then um, you could also e- email us at our Gmail, and we'll be glad to announce it every year for you.
4: Oh, that would be great. Well, we're going to have it again on the—I think it's on the 14th and 15th. I'll have to—I'll have to email you and tell you exactly. I think it's the 14th and 15th of uh, of September.
2: Okay. Yeah, we'd be glad to tweet it out too. And
0: yeah, we'll put else. it on our tweet. We'll put it on our Facebook site and uh, wherever else. We'll tattoo it on Dave's head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you get a bunch of eighth grade, junior high kids yeah. showing
0: up for it. <laughs> I love the idea of having it in the museum. I think that's, I very, think that's great. And cool. so, uh, do you do you get museum goers that come in and and look around
4: and see what you're
0: doing? Oh yeah, do you we have any new players.
4: Well, we had a whole. Um, oh, what were they called? It's not Boy Scouts, but it's like the religious version of Boy Scouts. The Iwana Club. No, no, it was uh like the, not explorers, but anyways, you know one of those groups is like the Boy Scouts, and they all came in and they wandered all in and amongst their tables and they gawked at the playing, and they were watching. they especially like the guys had uh I think they had uh either warhammer out or um yeah, I think it was a warhammer game, you know that's especially attractive for kids, us yeah. nerdy guys pushing little cardboard squares around wasn't terribly exciting for them, but but uh. We didn't get any new players out of it.
2: Well, and, and I do remember some people dropped in at um, the Open the one year, or maybe it was down in the winter thing we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm re- I remember a couple of guys wandering
0: up to the room at Aslock, and they wanted to know what was going on, and I introduced myself and showed them around a little bit, and they ran screaming. <laughs>
2: for <laughs> 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 years here, Let me out of here But some people do like yeah. the board game They can see it
4: in mm-hmm. the counters and so.
2: right. But yeah the miniatures does hold a special allure For a lot of people And especially for the younger ones
4: yeah yeah and it's too bad Kurt Martin's not around anymore. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He was very active early in the hobby,
2: oh, yeah,
1: as
4: soon as you said his name, I was you know looking at Jeff going oh that that's a big name yeah, he and I were great friends too. He just recently moved to California here from the Detroit area, and we say you know we sorely miss him because uh he was such an interesting guy and uh and it, it, you know, as I said, he sort of inspired the whole office fest thing um but Kurt used to uh morph, you know, miniatures and ASL and role-playing games all together and we would have these very bizarre games going. <laughs> wow. We'd be fighting for a, bun- uh, a bunker and then once we got in the bunker, we all fell into, like, uh, the world where there were, you know, zombies and skeletons and we were still fighting with our World War II weapons and flamethrowers and machine guns and it was great fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, he sounds like a lot of fun. He, those zombie scenarios from uh, uh, the guy from Houseman. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
4: Yeah, Glenn's a great friend of mine too. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's a very interesting character.
2: Um, now Kurt Martin, did he write stuff in? The, where did I see his name? The
4: general, or I mean, did he? Well, yeah, he submitted a lot of things early on, and uh, he um, he did a zine called the Route Report. For I was myself.
2: going to say the Dagger Detroit area. Right. I have I have all of those issues. Right now in my room. Yeah, and a lot of those scenarios became official scenarios.
4: Right, they did. And um, I
2: had the T-shirt.
4: When in doubt, route.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, I loved that shirt. Oh, yeah. Are there any more of those laying around? <laughs>
4: no, no. Kurt was Kurt was a great purger. You know, he never kept stuff around. He When when he sort of started to wind down from the ASL hobby, he came over to the playtest group and took all of his ASL stuff and sold it on the Internet, and he'd get some cool games, and we'd play them a little bit, and then he'd sell them back on the Internet. You know, he never kept much around. He was, you know, very Zen-like in that way.
2: Wow. Yeah, no, I loved that T-shirt. It was white, and it had... uh Bunch of guys with their hands up, surrendering. In <laughs> Doubt route. Yep. I I love that dagger stuff.
4: Did that? Uh, did that get did the chicks? Dig that or what?
2: Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll have to
0: bring that on the next uh, ASL show. Well, show, show and, tell. and
2: tell. I can dig out my route report issues. Uh-huh. And I at first I thought those guys became MMP, but I realized that that was not accurate.
4: No, we 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 got hooked up with. I'm not sure when I came in in '95. To the group or 94, um, Kurt and Dave Lamb and, and, um, uh, Ricky Rogers and Oliver G. and Cola were all, and, and Brian Latham, a great friend of mine who's passed away now. We were, they were all playtesting, uh, Critical Hit stuff. And so I just kind of joined the group and that was way back during, uh, like the first reset ridge and, uh, way, way, way back when, uh, you know, uh, when I first started with them.
2: Okay yeah and I have a lot of the early critical hit stuff and then it, it kind of reached a point when I was getting you know way too many scenarios if you could believe that and, <laughs> and um it stopped getting a lot of third party product things um but yeah in fact we have right here uh, critical hit issue number 1 ah uh, that, yeah that we got donated to us in that slew of stuff we've been auctioning off and Jeff held on to this one
4: Oh,
0: You You can't have it. He wasn't around in in
2: those old, good old days. No, (laughs) right.
0: Well, I was around. I just wasn't paying attention. You were doing boring things instead. Yeah, and it's, it's. uh, You know, I always think, oh gosh, that was only twenty years ago, or (laughs) or whatever. If only I had known. If only I'd. I missed so much. I've got so much catching up to do. So uh, you're still very active in the hobby, very obviously. And how how do you keep up? Do you uh, do you buy everything that comes out from MMP? Do you have a, a policy about?
4: How you're keeping yeah. It. yeah, we have a you know we have a standing order with Alex Key from Key Games. He actually is part of our playtest group now. That um, meets up at Fred Schwartz's. Who's uh, he's Black Cloud on uh, on uh, the Game Squad forum. And, and Alex comes up there, and whenever anything you know from the the other th- third party people or from M and P comes out, we we we'll, we have a standing order for five or six copies. And me and Dave Lamb and and uh and Fred and uh, a couple other guys will you know pitch in our money and get you know get a break on well in the old days on shipping now we get free shipping cuz Alex just carries it over to the house so
2: oh yeah can't beat that what yeah a it's excellent and Alex has been very generous to us and we yes. always like to get his name out there Alex Key and we thank him for his generosity and appreciation of what we do for the yeah. hobby do you,
0: do you have everything from MMP I assume you have a complete set.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah, but I've purchased everything that's come out and almost everything third party, you know, from Bounding Fire and and, uh, Heat of Battle and uh, I have, you know, virtually all that. And of course, because I've been a playtester with Critical Hit for all these years, I've gotten free copies of just about everything that's come out for the last 15 years. I've got a gigantic box of stuff. And of course, I've playtested, you know, nearly everything in each package when it was you know in its playtesting stage so when i get the product itself i usually rarely revisit it because i've moved on to something else so i have all this unplayed critical hit stuff
2: yeah and it, um i i noticed when i i did play playtests for the journal number eight i think that a lot of what i ended up playing was stuff that ended up being very similar or exactly the same when it did come out so i kind of treated that as having already played it
4: right
0: so you do you still do play testing for critical hit
4: oh yeah i go over to fred's house every thursday i'm going to be heading over there in a couple of days and i'm um i'm a school bus driver so um and fred lives about uh an hour away so in the summertime i go over to his house a lot but then um On, uh, on Thursdays during the school year, I've been gaming, uh, in, on this side of the Detroit area with, uh, Trent Dobbs and, and, uh, some new guys that have been, uh, that that have been, um, joining us over at a, at a vacant condominium here in, in western Wayne County. So. How do you go about getting new people involved? Uh, Trent, I don't know if you know Trent Dobbs. He's he's a guy who's been in and out of the hobby for many years, and he's at, has been active for the last few years. Um, he s- tends to run into people, and I tend to run into people too because of you know my posts for Office Fest. People will post to me, and I always tell them, you know, well, we have this Office Fest thing, and we're it's, we're calling it Museum Fest now, but we'll. Um, Bill, I'll tell them, and we also have several different groups that meet on Thursdays. You know, there's three that I know of. There's, there's Fred Fred Schwartz and and the Critical Hit Playtest group. And then um, I can drive over to the, to Glenn Hausman's brother's house and, and Eric Saffron. They play every Thursday. It's only about 15 miles from Fred's house. And then I have, you know, the the group here in Western Wayne County with Trent Dobbs on Thursday nights as well. So we have three Thursday night groups. And I'll tell people about, about those, um, you know, uh, groups. And so, you know, they'll join us, you know, sometimes for, you know, a year or so. Or, you know, we have a couple of them that have been playing about a year for the, the group that's started meeting over here in Plymouth. So, um, but they contact me f- usually from the game squad forum or they contact Trent. Because he's active on Vassal. Yeah, it's always good to bring in new blood, right? They, you know, Trent and I have talked a lot, quite a lot about, you know, the the learning curve. We get guys that will join us. I've noticed this in the hobby. You know, we get guys that have been sort of toying with playing for a long time, and and uh then they'll. Um, They'll they'll show up at uh, one of our events thinking that they really they're going to really kick ass in the game and then they lose a few times and they disappear because it's no fun.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh. good oh. thing Jeff didn't do that. No, <laughs> Dave wouldn't let me. No, no, you have to keep playing. Yeah,
4: well that's and I try to encourage people with that too. You know, I try and tell them, look, you know, when I first started when I joined Kurt Martin's group. Um I lost, you know, like 15 games in a row. I really got discouraged and Kurt ended up calling my, uh, my wife and, and saying, look, we really like having PJ over. Don't let him get discouraged, you know, keep encouraging him to come over on Thursday nights. And she did and, and I finally won a game, you know, and I was so excited, you know. <laughs> so I tell people that I try to pass on that, you know, bit of wisdom to them that you gotta stick around, you know, for the good part, you know. You a, Kurt, Kurt always taught me you know during that time when I was starting to get discouraged he always said look PJ you got to learn to just play for the fun of it and not be interested one way or the other whether you win or not because otherwise you're going to get discouraged so I did start to do that and it got to be a lot more fun after that So.
2: yeah that's so very true and I, 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 I just read I think I don't know today or somewhere I don't know I was reading this in our Gmail or online somewhere someone
4: said they'd Gotten to where they don't care about winning, and it became so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. If you hang that, you know, having to win thing, it, it becomes it, it becomes a real task. You know, my uh, the most exciting part of the game for me is the end game. You know, where you get to where you're within reach of the victory, and you got to start calculating. You know, the the number of movement points you need to reach a victory location, or the number of victory points you need. And and it 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 can really become a chore if all you care about is winning. You know, Um, you know, for me, it's become like that whole sort of level of excitement that you get to at that point in the game, rather than whether you win or lose. This you know, this stage of my my career gaming, I, I really don't mind whether I lose when it comes right down to a great you know ending of a game, which you know ends on a single die roll, which is always exciting.
2: Right, and it gives you a great story to tell, even though you didn't win
4: absolutely and and nowadays, you know playing with so many new guys, it's nice to be playing a newbie and have beaten them six or seven times in a row, and then have them win a game, and they're really excited, you know that becomes fun in and itself, you know
2: yeah and and remember my advice is always let the guy win once in a while, yeah, to keep him coming back right. Not that I ever do that with Jeff. No, never. Never? Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> well, maybe just once or twice. <laughs>
0: it's true. I mean, I went through, and I still struggle with that, the, the losing thing and how discouraging it gets, but there's no question about it. When I'm playing, it's so engaging. Uh, I I wish I never, I wish I would never care about winning or losing. It's right. It's amazing how difficult that is, but it's, uh, my therapist and I are working on it. <laughs>
4: Is your therapist an ASL player? <laughs>
0: no. Oh, no. That, that, no, I should be on the lookout, though. There, there's probably quite a calling for a, for a therapist that specializes in ASL, just like there are therapists that work with golfers and baseball players and everything else.
4: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I wanted to, um, to segue into, you know, some of the other connections that I've made, you know, through the ASL hobby. I um it's expanded so much in my life. Um Fred Schwartz, I don't are you guys familiar with Fred? No, I don't know Fred. No. He's uh, um he joined us about five or six years ago. Um we used to game over at a guy named Brian Latham's house. Um Brian has uh since passed away. And um he uh but Fred started hosting over at his house. Anyway, Fred's a uh uh he was a full colonel in the in the army, worked for TACOM. I don't know if we should say that because it's top secret, but we'll edit and you, you'll edit that out. Yeah. And, uh, but Fred brought this whole group of, you know, military guys. We have a, we have a full colonel, a couple of lieutenant colonels, Bob Davis, who's a guy who plays with us occasionally. He was a retired major in the, in the army. So we have all these army guys. And it was funny because when I played with Kurt Martin and we were all professionals, Kurt worked for Ford Motor Company and Oliver worked for uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Dave Lamb worked for, You know, office temp and I was a, you know, property manager. And then when Fred came in, all of a sudden we had this dramatic shift and now we have all these military people playing with us that come over to to the Thursday gaming, which is really interesting. But I wanted to say that Fred and I, um, you know, I'm a guitar player and Fred, when we started hanging out together, he was real interested that I had learned how to play guitar late in life. And so he started taking lessons. I encouraged him to take lessons. Well, we've started a band together. And, uh, so the ASL is kind of morphed from, you know, into this band thing for me and Fred, which is really interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And, um, I also, you know, uh, keeping in mind the anonymity, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm a recovered alcoholic, um, been sober for the last, uh, um, 10 years now. Oh, and, yeah. And thank you. And, um, and I've met quite a few people when I go down to, to, to ASLock, there are people that that will join me at meetings and stuff down in Cleveland, which is also, you know, another branch of the, you know, branching out in the social, you know, aspect from from ASL. So I've met so many great and interesting people with common interests other than ASL.
2: Yeah, I think I, I'm biased. I think the people who play are usually interesting people, and very good-natured and get along well, and there's something about it. I think we said that before on the show. You're D&D kind of players, and, you know, I do that too, but you're never quite sure sometimes when you're meeting strange people to, to do a game with.
4: Right. Um,
2: but DSLers tend to be more like engineer types, yeah. Right. going.
0: That must be very interesting having the, the military guys involved with the game.
4: Oh yeah, they they bring their. There, there was a guy um, that I played uh, when I first started face to face gaming again back in the in the early 90s. A guy named Bill Boardman. He's uh, since drifted away from the hobby, but he was a um, a Marine, and uh, he would always teach me all kinds of Marine tactics that he tried to apply to ASL, which was very interesting. Uh, but sometimes these guys will get too tied up in their military training, and I have to remind them, you know, especially the new guys. I'm like, this is a game. It's not. Real combat, you know. It's an abstraction, right? And and some of the guys, some of these guys would get really. That's not fair. That's not how it really is. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a game. This is a game. It's not real life, but it tries to be. Right. right.
0: It's as it's certainly as close as anything else. And you've you've played a lot of other games. Have you found anything that comes close to you? For I mean, obviously, I guess ASL is your favorite.
4: Oh, yeah, and you know I'll tinker with other games and if and Bob davis i mentioned mentioned Bob Davis he'll host some gaming over at his house where we play other games we'll play you know uh, uh ship ship games or you know uh um and Kurt used to always have uh you know naval minis and but ASL's really been the thing that I really concentrate on i mean I've put enough time and effort into learning, and I really don't. Want to use up any more brain power to learn other games to the same extent? That's what I say a lot too. But <laughs> well, we'll play Third Reich. I'd say Third Reich is probably the the next most uh, you know interesting game for me. I, I in fact I picked up Third Reich before I picked up uh, uh, Squad Leader back in the day, back in eighty one. And uh, we got a whole bunch of guys that you really wouldn't think of as gamers to play Third Reich, which was a lot of fun. You know, we'd all be sitting around the, the table, you know, late at night drinking beer and and partying and playing, you know, Third Reich, which was always great fun. So,
0: yeah, that's a great old game, and it's it's I'm always amazed at how many new games come out. I mean, if you get if you read the uh, RSS feeds or get the announcements from ConSim World and some of these other things, I mean. There are games coming out constantly with some new mechanic. I mean, a lot of it is a lot of them are, you know, covering different periods of history, but there's somebody's always come out with a new mechanic that's popular for a while, but the, the things seem to come and go. But then there's games like Third Reich and of course Squad Leader which just have a staying power that is
4: it's amazing, it's, you know, hard to beat. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how how uh, Squad Leader and ASL have lasted you know, all these years, you know, I've been playing now since, uh, the fall of 1981 and I was hooked right away. We met my, my friend. I mentioned him early on Bill Fern and I, uh, who I went to high school with. Um, and he's the guy that I played third Reich with and his buddies, um, we, we were at a, a hobby store and he pulled, you know, we were just looking at games and he pulled squad leader off the shelf and we read the back of the box, you know, with the, you know, the, the very descriptive thing of the battle and we were hooked, you know, I, I said, we got to play this. So we took it right home and tore into it and I've been hooked ever since. But I have met, you know, I have, you know, been exposed to quite a lot of other games too. We used to, uh, Dave Lamb and I used to go down and meet Ray down at uh, Origins every year for about five years. We would man the critical hit booth down there at Origins and we'd go circle around and talk to the, you know, the, all the, the other guys, um, gosh, I am trying to think of the different game company names. But we would, you know, talk to them about their games and we would trade we would trade uh trade stuff, you know, from of our stuff for their stuff and take the stuff home and look it over. But it really never I really never got terribly interested in, in anything else but ASL.
0: So uh where do you play? When you play it you play at your house as well or do you only play
4: off site? I do occasionally play at my house, Um you know, early on I did play at my house exclusively. I used to have a guy come over every Thursday and, I mean every uh, Saturday and we'd play all day long. But, uh, since, you know, since meeting the guys from the Critical Playtest group and, you know, making quite a lot of friends, you know, some of them very dear friends, uh, um we usually play at a, at another site, you know, we'll play, we, like I said, I play. we played for about 10 years over at a, a guy's house named brian latham who wasn't somebody who um you know was he never really came down to oktoberfest much but uh, we played over there for 10 years and then when uh, brian started to uh his health started to fail um, we uh, started playing over at fred's house so we've been over at fred's now for the last uh it's got to be at least six years now and he's got the most incredible gaming basement you know He's got every game ever known to man. He buys everything that comes out. So we're always fawning over all this other stuff. And he's got a um, model collection and, and a whole bunch of military. And he's he's just it's a very interesting place to play. So so that that's usually I, – I usually do play. I, I, maybe I play in my house maybe once a year. And with Office Fest, you know, I, I was doing that three times a year in my office. So that kind of was home. So, in fact, I lived there. I actually lived in my office after I got divorced uh, five years ago, and uh so I did invite people into my home and set up the tables, but, you know, it was at my office.
0: Sorry to hear about your divorce. I hope uh Squad Leader did not have anything to do with
4: that. <laughs> no, no. No, my ex-wife uh, was always very, uh um, you know, very supportive of my gaming, so... And she still occasionally, well, here I'm going for gaming, and she'll say, "Oh, roll low," you know. So she's <laughs> even still, she can be supportive even in you know post post marriage.
2: Can you talk about any upcoming things? Maybe not with Critical Hit products. I guess they want to keep that secret.
4: Um, well, we just finished um, A May of Hill. I forgot what Ray's going to call it. And we, uh, and we did, we finished Nordic Twilight back within the last year. We finished Nordic Twilight, which was, uh, um uh, oh man, it all comes at me so fast. I, once it's done, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm onto the next thing, but we just wrapped up a May of Hill and, uh, we did the Panieri thing and, uh, um and Ray's, Ray's got, got a whole bunch of stuff on the burner right now, but I, yeah, I'm not sure what he wants to, you know, share with the, with the, the, the community. So right. just read an email from him. He's got a whole bunch of stuff that he's all excited about. So, and that always keeps me excited. Ray and I have become great friends over the years. Um, we'll, uh, meet down in Gettysburg and we met, as I said, we met down at Origins for many years. And even though he lives quite a distance away, uh, he and I have become pretty close friends, you know.
2: And what is his capacity there?
4: At, uh, at Critical Hit? Yeah.
2: Yeah, he started the whole thing, right?
4: Yeah, he, he, he was one of the co-founders. I forgot who the other people who were involved at the start, but he rapidly, you know, took the reins and, uh, he's been doing that. Boy, I, I can't even remember. It's been, it's like I said, I, in 95 when I started the, with the playtest group, uh, they,
2: yeah, he was, he was definitely early.
4: So he's, he's chief cook and bottle washer over there.
2: Well, you might, uh, mentioned that
0: you talked to us so i've actually written critical hit three or four times but um about being on the show or something but we haven't heard anything don't get back. a response, get a response.
4: <laughs> yeah i don't you know ray ray is such a businessman that's one of the reasons why he and i have you know uh be- become really close we have a shared you know business experience and uh He's very, you know, he's very matter of fact about the the whole thing, and and his, uh, um, you know, I don't think he really likes to get too involved in any of the forums, and and you know, and he's really discouraged us from you know ever getting into anything on the forums, but you know, sometimes it can be kind of acerbic, and and uh, yeah. and we just don't, you know, it's 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 we we just enjoy all this so much, I I, I don't know, I never like to bring it down or any of that, and I think Ray just sort of stays away from. That kind of stuff too besides being you know absolutely incredibly busy i mean he's this is a seven day a week job for him, so
2: is he full time doing this
4: oh yeah he he runs he he runs the uh he he runs the whole thing pretty much out of his house and does you know printing a lot of printing in his house he you know he called me one day was coming back from he lives in um uh just up the Hudson River from New York City. And he was coming across Pennsylvania, he called me on the phone and said, I just got a, a typeset printer and I'm hauling it home, it weighs like 2,000 pounds. Mm. He was all excited, you know. <laughs> wow,
0: yeah, that's a part of the game, I don't know. I don't know, designing the games, printing the games, that's a pretty big deal. Right, that's, right. That, that's. I mean, that's just a huge undertaking.
4: Yeah, it's a whole other part of the hobby, and I've only just been, you know, barely exposed to it. I, I've traveled to, to meet Ray before. Right after 9-11, I flew to LaGuardia, and Ray came and picked me up and, at LaGuardia. And uh, uh, before we went down to Ground Zero, we uh, we drove to – I got to see, you know, some of the inner workings, and we went to one of the print shops that used to do, you know, a lot of the work that he does in-house now. Uh that was real interesting cuz had never seen any of that before. You know, I'm I'm a property manager and and uh you know f- for family family uh, property managing business. So I'd never really seen that kind of the end of uh that sort of business which is real interesting.
0: So are the, is there uh any particular aspect of ASL that you'd like to get involved in that you're not like if you had more time or money or whatever it is would you like to get into you know creating third party products or Anything
4: like that? Well, yeah, I mean, I have, you know, I designed a few scenarios and written a few articles for the for the Critical Hit magazine. In fact, I've got one that's going to be coming out about the Berlin, uh the two Berlin modules that we did. I wrote an article a number of years ago about uh, the Irish Civil War, and I published a few scenarios. and I'd I'd really like to, if I had the time, I'd really like to design more scenarios and write more articles. I, I really enjoy doing that, but you know, time, uh, as you said, you know, if I had the time to do it. You know, yeah. Ray will, I'll, I'll be talking to Ray and I'll tell him an idea I have and he'll be like, okay, I want to see a rough draft in two weeks. And so then I got the, you know, fire under me. To- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course he always gives me plenty of time to rewrite, you know, and with lots of constructive criticism and, and, uh, so, but that's usually how I end up doing something is I have this, you know, harebrained idea and then, and then Ray will say, well then I want to see some of it, you know, yeah. in a month. Which is a good publisher, you know. A good publisher will do that. Will you know see your interest and spark it and help you along with it? So
0: yeah, exactly. And how do you think the hobby is doing in general? You know, I I mean, um, from your perspective, how's ASL doing? A lot of people think it's going to fade away. I don't. I don't know. I can't decide. But what do you what do you think?
4: Well, you know it. I mean, we do have some new blood coming in, but it tends to be guys are are still in our own demographics. It's always been carried along. And it seems like, you know, the population of us is aging. Um, there are so many of us that are so, you know, that are so into it and so excited about it still, like me. And I'm sure that, you know, the, the hardcore, you know, groups of us are going to probably play till the day we die. Um, but as far as getting new people in the hobby, my... Um, My son Patrick is actually here right now, and he has—he's played a little, but he, you know, he barely gets beyond setup and turn one before he sort of drifts away. Yeah, he—he's how old? He is twelve. Okay. And and Fred Schwartz's son Eli joined us when we first started playing over there, um, and he was about thirteen or fourteen, and he brought over a whole bunch of his. Buddies and we would all play them, but they've all drifted away as they, you know, graduated from high school and started college and jobs. And, you know, one of them got married recently. And so those guys have all pretty much drifted away. So I don't know. I haven't really seen any new blood, you know, young people that come in and, and stick with the hobby, which is unfortunate because, you know, we, uh, we all find it so exciting. Yeah. Patrick's pointing to himself right now. It says he's going to be excited about it someday.
2: <laughs> yeah, Patrick, you will be. <laughs> I wonder how
0: much of it relates to, um, and I wonder if, people don't have as much of an interest in World War II history as they used to.
4: Well, I think, you know, I've always thought that that was, was part of it, that, you know, the bulk of us are all guys that have had, you know, fathers or grandfathers who were in World War II. I myself did not, and I... My uh, my grandparents were both uh, um, in the IRA during the teens and twenties, and my dad missed the World War II generation. He was I think seven or eight when they attacked Pearl Harbor. Um, but yeah, it seems that World War II and that you know that era of of people, it, as we drift further away from it, becomes really ancient history to you know the the, the newer people. So the younger people,
0: yeah, and I—it's they lose the uh, connection. They don't have the same connection. I mean, part of it is for me. My dad was in World War II, and I grew up watching World War II movies. Right. And there's just, it, even though there's still a flood of World War II books coming out, and you know, certainly plenty of stuff on the internet. but yeah. I don't know that the that the kids are as involved with it. Dave, actually, I've never asked him about it, but he might be able to better answer it since he. Teaches eighth grade history, and
2: well, the kids come in. Of course, Holocaust is big in their minds, you know, mm-hmm. and so the, the they are interested. Hitler is, is fascinating to them, so they like it when we get to it to study it more so than they do other aspects of history. Yeah,
4: but well, that's good to hear. It's very good to hear.
2: But you
0: know, if you um, if you base what is popular and what people are desire upon uh, what we see at the movie theater there's certainly not much World War II. You know, it's superheroes and it's a uh, lot, yeah. fantasy and <laughs> no, stuff like is, that.
4: Yeah, Right, right. right. So,
0: so I don't know how much that has to do with it, if people could get past that and get involved in the game, the mechanic. And I, I actually came into the game, even though I have had a fine working knowledge of World War II, I was not, I never read World War II books or read magazines or anything. So it's interesting. So I learned the game, and now as I'm reading World War II books, I'll think, oh, gee, that's a lot like Squad Leader, mm-hmm. as if World War II were engineered to work with Squad Leader, <laughs> whereas a lot of other people come at it the other way, having been interested in World War II and then getting involved in the game, and they'll think, oh, this game works a lot like World War II.
4: Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's what I always tell people when they ask me about the game. You know, people who know nothing about it. I said it's, it's it, actually a guy in Jeopardy was talking about gaming, uh, some other game or miniatures, but he coined it best and said it's it, it's a way to bring history to life, you know, and to bring it more, you know, to be more tangible to to those of us who are interested in it.
0: Very true. And Squad Leader, one thing I like about it is it it really gets you down on an intimate level, uh, which I don't get the same. Feeling when I play the the larger uh, strategic games, I just don't have that much interest in them. Which is what really uh, attracted me to Squad Leader right out of the box.
4: Oh yeah, because we are all raised in the whole John Wayne thing. So charging up the hill, you know, to capture the enemy bunker is like yes. it's the ultimate thing.
0: Yes. So uh, where, how are you? Um, what are you playing now? We've, you've got anything going on now? And do you do you play campaign games or really the big scenarios that take long periods of time to play?
4: Oh, I just am absolutely i just adore huge scenarios i've played so many of the biggest scenarios and i'll i'll you know i'll harp on the guys in the game group oh we've got to play this you know and uh, i mean one of the the biggest things i ever played was the play test of the uh the omaha modules uh scenario black day for the 116th which was you know 39 turns long and we're the americans me fred and bob and we had 99 squads and 45 tanks and and it just was it took us 8 months you know to play test that scenario and it was just was so much fun i mean and we ended up at the end with just you know tiny little you know we had recreated i think 40 minutes of the landing in those 39 turns or, or an hour's <laughs> worth. And, but it was so, it was, it gave you such an idea of, you know, wh- what Omaha was like, where almost everyone was killed from every, you know, and there were just like survivors just hanging on, you know, just barely capturing, you know, ob- the objectives that they had those very first limited objectives. But I've played, um, I played The Last Bid, um I've played The Ring, i played played uh, Beast at Bay, um oh, what else have I played that's really big? And I'm always encouraging people. And we'll you know, I've played the uh I do play campaign games and have in in the past played uh the KGP campaign, uh KGP one. Um what other campaign game? We've well, we played uh we played a uh, Drzezinski Tractor Works campaign. Back, I'm not sure if that was ever published or not, but uh, Dave Lamb was designing that, and it may not have ever gotten published. But we played that, and that was a lot of fun too. So I do really enjoy the the absolute monster things. And I think we're gonna at, at um, Oktoberfest last year we got that Crucible of Steel yeah. thing from uh what was it Bounding Fire or uh, Heat Fire? Fire. Yeah. And of course I tore through the pack right away and we picked out the, the flying turrets, the biggest one, you know, where we had like 45 tanks, I think at the beginning, the Russians did or 60? I forgot what. And it was just, and we played it for like, you know, three days or two and a half days and just loved it. You know, we got clobbered, but <laughs> as the Russians,
0: that sounds great.
4: I'd love to do some of those,
0: some
2: of the big ones at some point. You gotta leave them set up somewhere. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, that's the good thing about Fred's house and what was good about my office is, you know, we could, you know, we could uh, keep them on the table and just cover them up. And at least in my office, I, because I had a lot of dust there because I did, you know, property managing work out of the back and mowing of the grass and all that. I was always driving machines in and out. But anyways, we'd cover up the tables with, you know, a big covering keep the games there, and then take the cover off and play. I, I played the Barack De for sure scenario from uh, Parker's Crossroad, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, which is a pretty big scenario. And we kept it set up there for, you know, five or six weeks.
0: Do you have any favorite uh, nationalities or favorite types of scenarios that you like to play? Any particular kinds of engagements?
4: Oh, I don't know. You know, whenever I look at something, if it, as, as long as it has lots of toys, you know, lots of chrome That's usually what I'm interested in. I'm, I'm, I've gotten away from just the strictly, uh, you know, infantry against infantry fights. Although, I'll play them. I'm, I'm really pretty easy when I sit down with somebody, like, say, at Oktoberfest or at Office Fest, now Museum Fest. I'll just say, yeah, and if I don't know them very well, or even if I do, I'll say, well, what do you got in your, wanna playlist? And they'll, you know, whip out a few scenarios and I'll pick one out. You know, I'm, I'm pretty easy. That's why playtesting has been so easy for me. I show up on Thursday nights and Dave Lamb shoves a scenario in front of my face and I say, all right, let's have at it.
0: Anything you don't like to play or won't play?
4: No, I'll play anything. Absolutely anything. I love to do all the stuff that you know. People will—I see on the game squad forum—people will avoid night. People will avoid beach landings. People will avoid paratroop drops. I will play any of them. I don't—you know—the the weirder, the harder, the better. You know, the the—it's it, just—it's all so interesting to me.
2: Yeah, just gotta take the time to read a couple
4: pages of rules, and you're all set to go. Well, and even, you know, I, I, I tend to be a little attention deficit and, and I'll, a lot of times I'll, I'll start reading and I'll get distracted by, you know, a rules reference and I won't always read everything in it. And if I make some mistakes or we make some mistakes in a game, it's all a learning experience. Every scenario, especially those ones with the, with the esoteric rules, I usually take that all with a grain of salt, you know, about whether, you know, we've played it right or not. And, and it's all just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to be. I've had a very hard time with that. Like, I get I get stuck if I if I'm reading the rule book and I get stuck on a a sentence. I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get over that. I'm working on it. Yeah, just push through. And actually, the last time I played with my friend Mike, um, we didn't know several of the rules, and we just played anyway, and we actually had a good time. Yeah, that's so, what
2: you can do.
4: I'm I'm going. getting there. I'm. Well, I have everybody programmed into my cell phone, all of my rules people, you know, Dave Lamb and Fred Schwartz, and I'll call them. If I'm playing a game somewhere else, I'll like start dialing the phone. Well, what is this rule? We're reading this, and they're like, oh, you know, like Dave Lamb, he he's, uh, he can get particularly irritated, but I know he loves that. I call him, you know. And he'll be like, PJ, I'm in the middle of watching Fringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I've called people before.
4: <laughs> I've called Bob.
0: Yeah, somebody's got to set up the 24-hour uh,
2: yeah, ASL, ASL hotline.
4: Well, and those guys, well, Trent will call me, too. You know, he'll be playing some guys over at his house in Wixom at, or over at the condo in Plymouth, and he'll call me wherever I am. Sometimes I'm even out of town, you know, and he'll call me, and I'll try to answer as best as I can, you know, even if I don't have my rule book handy. Uh, you know, I can only play shoot from the hip.
0: Well, I know they were thinking about it over at MMP, but the cost was prohibitive, and so they talked about outsourcing it to India. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know how that's, I don't know how that's going They don't call us very often And keep us up to date
4: <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't sound very uh, feasible But they uh, can Call me possible. Everybody can try and call me if they want I don't care Oh, and now you've got a Skype account
0: People can Skype you
4: Yeah, yeah So there's some products coming up Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, Mamey Hill We just wrapped up So that's going to be coming out here real soon And that was a lot of fun very counter dense uh scenarios, lots of artillery, lots of flamethrowers, lots of demo charges, it's all the great toys of ASL, you know, um, you know, masses of infantry clobbering the daylights out of each other until there's only a few guys left at the end of the scenario and it's it's all on the top of the Mameev Hill. You know, so it's pretty much, you know, king of the hill, basically. Every scenario is like that. Some of them are on, you know, one side or the other, but the 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 bulk of the scenarios are different variations on the king of the hill. You know, I've got the hill, you kick me off, we kick you back off. And so we have these surging fights across the top of the hill. It's, it was quite exciting, you know, and I got to play test uh, pretty much all the scenarios for that. So it was a lot of fun. Excellent. Is Critical Hit
2: still publishing the, like, magazine?
4: Um, well, as I said, I just wrote an article. Ray had wanted, um, back. We were, we all took a, uh, this is one of the other things that's so great with Ray is, you know, he'll, he takes us on these junkets. You know, we'll go, if it's, you know, it, it started out as just meeting down at, uh, at Origins and, you know, he'd foot the bill for the hotel room and take us out to dinner once or twice and, We'd all spend the whole weekend together, but, uh, a couple of times now we've, uh, we've gone on these Gettysburg trips and, uh, had a great time at Gettysburg because it's about halfway from, you know, between New York and Detroit and a whole bunch of us will get, go there. Anyways, uh, last, uh, um was it, uh, last year I went to Gettysburg and, um I, I told Ray I had this idea for the article on the, uh, Tyrant's Layer and on the Fall of Berlin thing that we did, uh what's it called? God, I can't even remember the great company mascot I am. <laughs> and <laughs> anyways, he wanted me to write this article so for a magazine that he was going to put out because we had been doing the magazine, but he's gotten tied up in, you know, doing reprints of everything. And um, so he is planning on doing uh, another magazine, and um, there's going to be some other really good content in there too. I don't know uh, what he wants me to share about that, but at least my part of it is the the um, article on the uh, the Berlin the Two Berlin modules. So that should be coming out at some point. He started with the, the magazine, I,
2: I believe, and then
4: started doing these games, and there's just been so many
2: games produced.
4: We've well, gotten so many ideas from people that, and he gets quite excited about them and, and, uh, and about the, you know, laying out of the maps and, and all that. So, um, I think he's, he's, and, and he's been doing reprints. We, he just, uh, he just reprinted a whole bunch of stuff. And I think when he's done with that, that we'll probably get back on track with the magazine. So we should hopefully see the magazine in the next year or so.
0: Well, good. That's, uh, something else for us to look forward to.
4: Right. That's about, that's about all we have time for. Would you like to add anything before you go, PJ? No, just that, you know, I'm really excited that you guys do this podcast. Uh, Trent Dobbs turned me on to it, and we play it. At, when I play over at his uh, condo, he'll put it in the docking station and we'll listen to it. And I'm really glad that you guys are doing it. And I know that um, I saw you at Oktoberfest. I was glad you got to to interview Fish. He and I became yeah. friends for through music. Again, you know, the music thing. All yeah. right, yeah. He, we, he and I jammed out in the hallway you know, for the last you know, four or five years, I think. We've played together till all hours of the night. So I'm glad you guys got a chance to um, interview him. So I think this is a real good thing that uh, the, your Hasquad podcast is doing. So it's quite interesting, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Glad you uh, were interested in hearing my story.
2: Well, thank you for participating, and yeah, thank you for the compliments.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it, and uh, wish you a lot of luck. And look forward to hearing from about the next uh, Office Fest or Museum Fest, because we'll We'll uh, post that and call that out to everybody. And uh, look forward to seeing you, perhaps at the next. I don't know. Yeah, we get to. Yeah. yeah. Let's stay yeah. in touch. All right. Very good.
4: And, All right. Uh, thanks, we'll Dave. Thanks, Jeff. So All right. Thanks, PJ. Take Have care. A great night. Right, right, Bye. Bye. Never in the field of human conflict
3: was so much owed by so many to so few.
2: Oh, that was PJ Norton. Yeah, a lot of great information from PJ and long history with the game yeah. and um, contacts with people that we haven't been covering a lot on this show. So, yeah. excellent. Thank you, PJ. Very enthusiastic
0: gamer. I like to hear that. Oh, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. I vaguely remember now meeting him. That we met a lot of people there. Yeah,
2: I don't remember. But, yeah, and if we ever do meet people, we, you know always be prepared. We're going to say, and which one are you again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you could say I'm the guy that sent you the funny letters, or I'm the guy that you know entered your contest, or I'm the guy that does this. So,
0: always great to talk to uh, enthusiastic ASL players.
2: So I guess that wraps it up.
0: We probably have done enough for one.
2: Yep, Joe went over an hour. Apologies to those under an hour people, but you over an hour people are lucky. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, roll low
0: and rally well.
2: But not when you're playing us. See you
0: next time, everybody.
2: Bye bye everyone.
0: You make me want to go buy more stuff.
2: I kind of did, Yep. Yeah. I saw you looking. I was looking, cruising around the Kubernetes site. There, getting yeah. colorful. Yeah, lots of different things out there. I played it really